Welcome everybody. Glad to have you with us today on our podcast, videocast. Uh, we're glad to meet. We do this every week. It, it drops on Wednesday and we like to sit down and talk a little bit about that this weekend's message and go a little bit deeper and answer questions. So guys, thanks for being here again. Yeah. And we had a great weekend this week. It's a little different. They were uh, church honored me so well for my 25th anniversary at the church and i'm so appreciative of that thankful for that a little bit different week with a different message but i think we had a good time and um i think a lot of people uh experienced jesus this weekend so yeah. that, was a, that was a joy it was a good it was a good time and how fitting it is that as we are had the chance to honor uh, you, but not just you, but also your family as well. On 25 years that we get to, mm -hmm. we get to bring in the son. Yeah, uh, there on, he on this is. One. So we got yeah. Michael, Michael with us this time around. Yep. So Matt is not just looking different today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got we got Michael jumping in here. So kind of a kind of a cool opportunity for us as we were talking about uh, the message and then talking about the weekend as a whole that we get a chance mm -hmm. to bring in a little bit of a different perspective uh, today as well. So mm -hmm. getting started today, talking about talking about this weekend. Uh, 25 years. Yeah. At at one church. Wow. Uh, I think we can. Yeah. I think we can all say wow on that. Um, one thing I wrote down here is that give me uh, give me one of your most memorable uh, memories that you have of serving as pastor here for 25 years. Wow. I'm caught off guard by that. One, <laughs> yeah. one of I the most you might memorable <laughs> memories <laughs> that you can share. Let's, let's, yeah. Right. Let's make sure we get that. I couldn't. Good no, grief, give but, me give uh, me a good give me a good memory give me a, one of your one of your favorite memories from serving as pastor for the last twenty five years. I think uh, seeing both of these kids baptized is yeah. cool. How do you beat that? I was able to baptize both of them. Seeing them come to Christ has been so cool. Yeah, you know, just seeing your family grow up in church. This kid over here was six months old when we came here. Right. So uh, his whole life, except for that little bit there, a few months, has been right here. So that's been a joy. I guess one of the earliest ones, and I've told the story many times, a man named Bill, who was a, an avowed atheist uh, coming to visit the church. And this is way back before we were at our current location. Yeah. Over on, we were over on Washington Street. And an older gentleman named Bill came in, and uh, we visited him in the hospital. And... Uh, prayed for him and uh, he came to Christ. He came a couple of weeks. <laughs> right. He was just a uh, tough guy. I mean, he was fire chief of, uh, well, he was a captain over a fire department for a while and uh, was really active in the community. He was just an atheist and a tough nut to crack, as, as they say. And uh, he received Jesus and it was just as powerful. That was one of our first dramatic conversion stories, you know. Yeah. And, uh, he was with us for a few years after that, and, and I was with him shortly before he died, and he, he was calling on Jesus and just a complete peace. And he actually thanked me for leading him wow. to Christ because he said, I'm, I'm ready for this moment. Wow. It was just cool. I, yeah. I'll never forget him. And there's so many stories yeah. like that, but he was kind of, I think he would probably be the first real dramatic conversion we have, and that was probably around 2000 yeah. around that year something wow. like that very cool yeah michael i'd love to throw that question to you as well having okay. grown up, having grown up as a as a pastor's kid in one place in one church uh and then went to college and yeah. then moved back and now now on staff at that yep. church uh what's what's a great memory that you have of maybe growing up here and uh, uh and being a part of this this one church for your entire life yeah, gosh, I don't know. I know you weren't prepared for that. But. <laughs> there was a lot, obviously. I mean, you've got 
I've only known one church my whole existence. So I mean, I would have like, to say probably your senior year yeah, of ministry and the greatest youth pastor <laughs> and mankind's ever known, that's right? True, yeah, that's got to <laughs> be up there. Even in the notes before. I say, <laughs> got to be up there. <laughs> Yeah, gosh, I don't know if it can be narrowed to one thing. I, I guess it's just all the, I always think about like all the, I want to say like social skills you have to learn as being a pastor's kid. Okay. Because like from, I mean, birth, I was well known by a lot of people in a small area. Sure. So like uh, you have to be able to develop some sort of like communication rhythm of talking to people and things like that and I think that that like experience was really invaluable like to, even as a kid I, like I was it. meeting and talking to a lot of people and yeah I think that helped me kind of get where I am today or yeah. I, like, I like to think so so very good so yeah that's that's one I think about often people ask about how hard it is to be a pastor's kid but like the benefits you get are phenomenal I think too so so I'm hoping my kids are watching this at some point in time. And say, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hey, the benefits are far outweighing anything yeah. else. Now sometimes it doesn't feel like that. That's so. right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Very good. Okay. Well, thanks for in kind of indulging me on yeah. that one. We'll dive into the message now. How about how about that? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it was a it was a really interesting uh, weekend. Uh, you uh, felt led to go back and uh, go back and review. Uh, the same verses of scripture that you preached your very first Sunday as pastor of this church. Diving back into 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and looking at uh, what is often referred to as the prayer of Jabez, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of looking, looking at him and looking at those verses of scripture there. And we looked at him and one of the things that you pulled out was looking at his reputation. As you kind of setting the backstory in the background for who Jabez is, you said, look at his reputation and scripture talks about that he was more honorable uh, than his brothers. My question for you in regards to that is, and there's a lot of different answers out there for this question, but when you look at somebody who has the reputation of being known as a Christian, what is what what should that reputation look like? What's that what's that one or two qualities that when you know as a follower of Christ, this is this is what people should know you for? I think one of the most powerful ones is integrity. Mm. That you are who you are wherever you are. You know, you just, you are, integrity is just kind of a, a word that means, um, you know, wholeness without compromise. Yeah. You know, uh, just, you are really that person that you portray. And, and in fact, I think integrity means you're really not portraying a person. You it's just, who you are. You just are, yeah. you know, and you're that same person. My dad was talking to me some weeks ago about an uncle of mine who'd passed away. And uh, he just said, um, if he tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Yeah. Uh, if he told, of course, he passed away. He just said, if, if you could count on his word uh, in whatever situation, if he told you he's going to be there, he's going to be there. Right. That kind of thing. I think the world's looking for that. Yeah. You know, and I think nobody's perfect. And, and I don't think uh, anybody lives up to their ideals 100% of the time. I know that's not true sure. for anybody. But if we're just real, I think there's something about just being real. Um, so like many that. Christians try to, they think they have this, this uh, and it's so easy to fall into this, they think they have this image they have to portray, this right. bold face or this uh, rock-solid faith in every situation, and it becomes more of an act than it's reality. 
you know. So I think that's important for a Christian. I think it's important for our witness. Yeah, I think that's good for a lot of people to hear the fact that, you know, as a follower of Christ, you don't have to have it all together. That's not what that means. It's not about living this this perfect life and always having it together, never having any doubts about about faith or what God's up to or anything like that. But if you can if you can be real, if you can be genuine, uh, one of the words we use around here is authentic. Um, if you can be that type of individual, then you know that's a, that's somebody that people can count on. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah. think I think it's really good. I just believe in that, even you know, in life, and even when I'm up in front of the folks, you know, I, I just want to be real with yeah. people, and I think that makes a connection with people when they know that you're just you're just a real person. I, I never did like to go to a place and, and sit there and listen to somebody who was so far above me or portrayed themselves as that, you know. I never could connect with that. And so I want to give people that. I want to give them that idea that I'm listening to a real person up there who struggles, who who's on this journey as I am, who needs Jesus as much yeah. as I do. I've heard uh, I've heard a number of people that when they describe uh, your communication style from the platform, that they uh, one of the ways that they describe it is is that I, I feel like he's talking to me. I feel like we're having a conversation. Uh, he talks on my level, uh, kind of deal. And so I, I think it comes back to this idea of being 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 real, not feeling like you got to put on and act while you're up there on the platform. Um, and so I think I, a great compliment I received this week and. If somebody said uh, on Facebook or something, I, I saw a comment that somebody made, and I got so much of that sure. this week, and I don't want to make it about me. I got so much this week. Alex, <laughs> sure. and I both, Alex and I both are just blown away with the love and appreciation that was shown to us this week. And, and she asked me this morning before I left the house, she said, do you ever just feel like you don't deserve all this? <laughs> and, you know, it, that, it feels that way. But anyway, a uh, great compliment. A guy said what I like about Pastor Andy is he doesn't preach at you. He talks to you, mm -hmm. talks with you. And I, that's really what I want. That's it, it. That really encouraged me because that's what I want to give people. I want them to come in and we have a conversation. Yeah. So I want to laugh. I want to cut up. I want to bring sense of humor into it. And uh, maybe just a, maybe just a sacred moments. I always tend. To, <laughs> <laughs> I, get these, I don't know. When I was a kid, I grew up. I'll, I'll never forget this. This is off subject. When I was a kid, they always uh, you know served communion and celebrated the Lord's Supper. Sure. Seems like it was about once a month, about like we do it upward, you know, and they would bring it out and everything got so serious, you know, and and I tend to have this of when the things get so serious and you're supposed to be serious. I'm laughing now. Things you're supposed to be so serious, I will find something funny every time. It's just like and I got in trouble so many times for laughing at something because I just some, something in me, those heavy, serious moments, I just <laughs> Find something funny, so and so that's you carried over into adulthood for me. So I'll be in this serious <laughs> moment, and something funny will hit me, and off we go. Like kissing your hands. Yeah, maybe uh, we did that Sunday. <laughs> that whole deal. Yeah, we and did. I, that's just stuff you don't plan, but that's part of being real. I mean, sure. I don't want to. I don't ever want to go up there with a script that's so tight that I can't let the Holy Spirit work through my own. Yeah. personality to help somebody because you do something that may seem silly like that and not everybody agrees with that and that's not everybody's style but when you're a little bit silly i think it just connects and it creates an authenticity sure not everybody's gonna like that because not everybody's gonna like upward no very true. Not everybody's gonna care for my style of ministry right and that's just life that's yeah. just the way it is uh but the people that i i 
the people that need that are there, and mm -hmm. God brings them there. Very good. So, yeah. It's good. Being real, that's yeah. that's huge for me. Anything you want to throw in on that? Shoot, I guess uh, I guess one thing for me, I feel a lot of Christians feel like they have to live up to a certain expectation of being another Christian. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, if I was as good as, like, Billy Graham, you know, I could grow <laughs> right. to, which is a high standard. But, <laughs> but even, like, like you know, if I could just be as good as my parents were, or like if I could be the same kind of believer that they were, you know, I, I think about like you know, uh, God wouldn't have made me if He just wanted me to do the same thing that Dad did right. exactly. So like, um, you know, He created you to do your specific thing, and and you don't have to live with the, an insecurity that uh, you're not as good or as far along as on your walk as another believer. Yeah. Um, Jerry Falwell always used to say, like, uh, that when God created you, he had a specific thing in mind that needed fixing, and he created you to fill that gap. So mm -hmm. you, you don't have to be insecure about where you are as a believer compared to somebody else's walk. Right. And you've also got no idea where they actually are, too. No, nobody but them knows that. Um, but that's a lot of things that, as Christians, I feel like I see, like, see it's like the kind of being envious of where other people are in their walk. Mm. You don't have to be that. Very yeah. good. It's really good. And that kind of that kind of rolls into the next thing you told us to look at when it came to Jabez was to to look at his name mm -hmm. um, and talk about how in the Old Testament that oftentimes people were uh, named out of an experience. <laughs> and if it was a good experience, great. Uh, but oftentimes uh, in that moment of childbirth, there was some pain. Uh, that was uh, uh, that was attached to that as well, and so individuals would carry around a name that way had a significance of pain or hurt attached to it as well. But there was a statement that you made that talked about one of the lessons you talked about one of the lessons that you tried to instill into upward for the last twenty five years. What was that? What was that statement that you made? That it, it, I, I can't quote it exactly. Yeah, no, it's Monday morning. But it was. <laughs> it's it was, Wednesday night for you guys that are watching right now. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm not supposed to date it. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's not what they call you that matters. It's what he calls you. Yeah. Because you think about that. You think about okay, the Hebrew wives, the Hebrew mothers, um, tended to name their children based on often painful experiences. Mm -hmm. Think, wow, that's ancient culture. But let's think about 2022 right now. Mm -hmm. How many people today walking around on planet Earth are pulling their identity? from a painful experience. Sure. How many people are walking in an identity that came upon them and was accepted by them sometimes unknowingly through deep pain and trauma? You know, and uh, that's where the Bible is as relevant as the latest news report. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's real, it's relevant. Uh, people, you always say history repeats itself. I don't know that history just repeats itself. I think people are just the same. People deal with the same problems. 2,000 years, uh, Old Testament more than that. Yeah. Several thousand years since then, and we're still dealing with that identity that shapes us. And we've got to find that in Jesus. We really do, all of us. You're born kind of headed in the wrong direction with these these desires and passions that, that aren't helpful to you, that don't take you where you need to be. Right. The Bible calls it sin, sinful nature. And we're born, and then these identities hit us through all this pain, and we can spend a lot of years trying to figure all that out and try to battle it.
but a relationship with Jesus is where we do find our true identity. We find out who we are and like Michael said, who we were absolute who we were actually made to be. Yep. And I think that's so critical. And I think that's one of the powerful things about Jabez that we often just jump to the prayer, you know. Sure. There's a great teaching and a great book on the prayer and I like all that. And of course I went into it yesterday, but one of the lessons we can miss is is what a incredible thing he was able to overcome in his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were named pain, Greg's a pain. I mean, if, if, if that was, I'm sure that's been said about you as it has been to me. And, uh, Wait a minute, what? <laughs> we know each other all too well. I can be a pain for sure. But uh, it's not my identity, you know. Right. Jabez rose above all that yeah. to be the man that stood out among several hundred names, you know. You got the whole screen credit type thing of going there and... Uh, First Chronicles, and they stopped on Jabez. Said, "Wait a minute, we got to talk about this guy." You know, I think, especially society culture, we talk a lot about trying to overcome painful experiences, um, whether that be you know uh, going through going through a program or going through a system or you know naming whatever that hurt was. And I think a, a lot of that stuff is, is helpful, um, but it doesn't do the full gamut of healing. It doesn't help you to change uh, your identity without. The relationship with Christ. I, oftentimes, I figure that I find that's what we're missing is being able to not just discover where the pain came from and being able to heal and move on from it, but allowing uh, allowing Christ to change our identity or to reveal to us who our identity was actually supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of a person, a person alive that hasn't had to deal with some kind of painful experience, some kind of a painful moment that they were marked by, that they were, that they identify with. Is that you know that that becomes a turning point in their life, so to speak? Uh, maybe it was something that you chose. Maybe it was something that was chosen for you or done to you. But without uh, without that moment with Christ, without allowing Him to step in, I don't know that any of us actually completely heal uh, from it. You hear the word a lot now. I identify as, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a it's a word that's just all about in our culture today. You hear it everywhere you go, and uh, it's like people get to choose their identity from a number of things. And I know it's controversial, you know, but people identify as this or that or the right. other. That's a powerful statement to say I identify as. Sure, it becomes the driving thing in your whole life you know and uh, we have to figure out our identity in Jesus Christ figure out is probably not the best word we have an identity given to us by God mm. I believe that yeah. and not everybody would everybody I mean the the culture today seems to it does say you you choose your own identity right you know and there's a lot of things about identity that I don't get to choose you know, right. there's things I would like to just shape for myself and make like it wants to be. But, you know, there are things about identity I don't get to choose. But what I've discovered, and I think so many could discover, is that when you discover your identity in Jesus, it's so perfect. You right. were made for it. Mm. You know, it's good. And you live in it. And, and I'm at a point in my life now. It's so fun to be at the point. It's not always easy, but it's fun to be at the point that I know that what I'm doing right now, I was created to do. Yeah. I was created, I was put on this earth uh, to be a lot of things, you mm-hmm. know, to be a child of God, to be my wife's husband, to be his dad and his sister's dad. 
you know, to do that and to lead upward. I was put on this earth for it. And there's nothing quite as liberating and freeing as knowing you're walking in the identity you were called to walk in. Does not mean I'm perfect. Does not mean I don't stumble and stray from <laughs> that. But it's, from my vantage point, I'm 54, been doing this role for 25 years, been pastoring 28 years. And I look back on it and I say, yeah, this is why I was put here. And that's a good feeling. You just said something and it's really important. I want to highlight it and then Mike, I want to go to you. It's, you said this, there is freedom in, in knowing who you were created to be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Don't, don't miss that right there. Um, we spend a lot of time trying to search and discover who, who we are. We spend a lot, there's a lot of research that goes in trying to discover where we came from. Uh, you, know, what, you know, what makes you tick? There is freedom in knowing who God created you to be. You know, the, I, I've known people and talked with many people who struggle with identity. You know, whether yeah. it's uh, identifying as a different gender, right. you know, or identifying themselves by their sexual preference mm-hmm. or identifying themselves by whatever it is, a yeah. job, a role, a relationship. And, and those struggles are very real for people. Oh, absolutely. They're not uh, imagined. They're not something political these struggles are very real for people and our word to them is not to call them names or point fingers in their face and be unkind to them at all there's a lot of that going out there among people who call themselves to be christians our message to them is that that jesus has something for you a calling an identity a purpose and uh, I'm, i'm at a loss for words of how to put it perfectly but Jesus has a place for you and an identity for you that is the greatest thing you'll ever find. It's good. It's not the same for all of us, you know. Right. It's not exactly, um, we don't all strive to be each other. We strive to be who He is, mm-hmm. who He wants us to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I say, some of that stuff is just given to us. And, yeah. And it's, it's a gift. It's not a curse. It's a right. gift. That's good. I don't know if I made it clear. No, I, I, think, water, I think it's good. But I think, but, uh, but I think these are, I think these are mm-hmm. thoughts and, and, and conversations that people are having. It's uh, it you are. know mm-hmm. uh, the whole idea of when I look at when I look at Jabez and I understand that he was he was named out of a painful experience. I can identify with experiencing pain and having that yeah. marking me for a, for life. But the idea of being able to find freedom from that through Christ and discovering who he who he's calling me, yeah, that that that's real. And our role as Christians is to help people who struggle with that. Yeah. It's not to become their enemy. Mm. It's not to begin to point fingers and yell at them. It is to stand up for truth and what we believe, but it's to do it in a way that's kind. And I see it more as an invitation yeah. to something higher. Right. Than as pointing fingers to say, you know, get this right. You yeah. better straighten this yeah. up. You better go here. You better do this. You better do that. I mean, most people don't respond to that. No. You know, I know you, you, you have children, you tell them, you better go do this. It's, it's just, that's hard. That's a hard way to live. Instead, I think we're called to invite people to something. Yeah. You know, and not to be a judge over them, pointing fingers down at them. We're just simply there saying, hey, here's what I've experienced. Come on in. Yep. That's good. Yeah, I was going to say it. I wrote down, this is kind of one of my questions too. I wrote down, I like to think of it as like the this is who I am movement. Um, Like people will often say like I'm, you know, even Christians will be like, well, God made me this way. You know, like God made me like uh, overweight. 
God made me, you know, this specific attitude. Like God made me God sad. made me short tempered. God made me sassy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know some of it's tongue in cheek, or like <laughs> God made me this way, so this is how I'm supposed to be. Um, which I, I think can't be further from the truth. That I watched a Tim Keller has a good like kind of video series centered around this, where he says that we as kind of in our non-eternal bodies cannot identify ourselves because we're so changing. You know, we, we change with the tides and each and every morning I might feel like a different thing, so it's impossible for me to, to, to name myself, talk about who I really am, so I need somebody who's eternal to name me. Mm. And I actually think it's funny, I, I think people do actually want this without knowing it. Like, I, I think people will let the month of the year they were born and the star sign tell them how they're supposed to act. You right. know, like, you know, I'm a Leo, so I'm, I'm this way. So uh, it, that tells me that people are actually really striving for that. Like they, I feel, I think they sense that in themselves. That's like, man, I feel like a new flavor of the week every week. Like one day I feel like this, one day I feel like this. It, oh, it must be because I'm a Leo. You know, or whatever they right. all are. I don't know them all, but like it, it right. they they want that desire for some, and they I mean they're even looking up. So it's like it, they want something to name them and give them an identity, um, which is exactly what Jesus is offering in your walk. Um, so yeah, I think that's the appropriate response to those. Like this is who I am. And you said it too, like it's powerful just saying to this thing, like, you know, I was born, I, I have anxiety or I have depression. You know, and those things are real, but people get stuck in just saying like, that's just who I am. You know, I'm a, I'm a worrier, you know. Well, God's calling you not to be a worrier. And uh, that can be a little harsh. And, you know, we have to be loving and careful towards those people. But um, if every desire I was born with was how God made me to be, I would be a monster, you know? Yeah. Like, a, I'm greedy, you know, the uh, things like that. I think that whole, if it's, and I'm not following that movement too much, that this is who I am. If it's, is that just like a hashtag going around now? Or oh, no, I just, made, I just made that up. You just made that up. It's yeah. just in general. Well, people just, we just people people say that. Speaking, yeah, people, just like, like, people would just well, say, it's well, excusing uh, stumbles yeah. and things yeah. and saying, well, that's just how yeah. God made it. Yeah, it's well, like a, you're short-tempered. God made me that way. God made us. God made originally Adam and Eve without that. Yeah. And that that's that's what's called a sin nature that we inherited from Adam and we've right. certainly participated in. So I, I don't think you can settle. One of the things I get tired of, and this is just me, I get really tired of hearing about uh, Enneagram over and over and over. Um, I listen to some leadership stuff and some podcasts on leadership, and I just get so tired of hearing people say, well, I'm a three, and this is why I'm this. And I don't want to discard all that because there's some powerful insight you can get from that type of thing, from personality tests and all that. I'm not saying Enneagram or any of the uh, Myers-Briggs or sure. anything else is bad. I think there is some value to knowing your disposition and your your patterns of behavior, if, if, that's, if that's the right word for it. But I do think there is a danger in all that of just settling and saying, well, I'm an eight and the eights are just that way, so you just got to deal with it. Right. You know, I, I think yeah. there is a real danger 
in those tests from from finding your identity in that. And I think those, even those tests, people hungered for that. You know, people just right. hunger. They'll pay tons of money just to get tested to tell them who they are. You know, there are certain things that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And whether you know it or not, you're searching for Jesus. And you can never get away from searching for Jesus. He's ultimately what you're looking for and I'm looking for. And no matter what we try and where we go, we're going to be searching for Jesus. You see it all the time in things like this. You see it for people who, who don't find community in the church. You know, yeah. People who don't find their community in the church, you'll see them. They'll find their community in something else. Oh, They'll yeah. search for it. Just a couple examples. Okay, that's good. Really good. Um, we looked at uh, we looked at Jabez, looked at his reputation. Keep us on track. <laughs> <laughs> looked at his reputation, looked at his name, but then we also looked at his prayer. Yeah, there, there was a lot yeah. that was in there, but you really focused on two parts of it. Uh-huh. It was the bless me and then enlarge my territory. Yeah, the bless me part of it was one of those moments in in our in our services was another one of those moments where it really felt like God was speaking to people and God mm-hmm. was doing some changing. Um, why do you think it's so hard? for us as Christians, as followers of Christ, to get a hold of that statement and, and willingly say, God, I want you to bless me. I think we've built, probably in my lifetime, I've seen almost a theology of suffering and sacrifice, which has a place mm-hmm. for sure. Sure. We talk about the suffering Christ, and he certainly was, and how he gave his life, and we've almost thought that is to be the normal Christian life that we don't think about us. We don't think about being blessed. We don't think about any of that stuff at all. We portray everybody in the Bible as broke and poor and having nothing, which is not true. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just, we just accept this idea that everybody else is more important than us. And it's all about sacrifice. And there's, certainly truth to the fact that we already lay down our lives for each other. Jesus laid down his life for us and he certainly suffered in a ton of ways, namely the cross, you know. Um, So that's part of the Christian life. But I think we carry around a guilt trip a lot. I know a lot of devoted Christians who carry around this nagging sense of guilt that they can't even pray for themselves. I see people on Facebook or Instagram, wherever, and and they'll, they'll say, I don't, they'll say something like, I don't really want to request prayer for myself, but I really need to do this today. And I think, hey, you should, you should be requesting prayer for yourself. You should pray for yourself. You should bless yourself. And then we just fall into the habit of saying negative things about ourselves, like Mm -hmm. that's okay, like that's good. And you actually curse yourself. You really do. I think, I think uh, curses are a real thing in scripture. They are. Spoken curses are real. And I see more Christians cursing themselves than anybody cursing them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're you're doing it to themselves. I hate my body. Yeah. You know, I'm no good. I'm everybody hates me, you know, that type of thing. That's just And even if you don't I mean, even if you're you're watching out there and maybe the idea of curses is yeah, I don't know about all that, you can still see the evidence of if I say something negative about myself a number of times, I start buying in. Uh, I start buying into that lie. I start buying into that truth. Yeah, we think of a curse, and I guess yeah. there are probably people listening. Think it's like of, all of a sudden that went spooky on me. <laughs> yeah, some kind of spell that a witch is, you know, stirring a 
cauldron of boiling stew or whatever and pronouncing curses Ooh. on people or voodoo doll or something. <laughs> they see it as something spooky like yeah. that. A curse is just a, a spoken word that, that gets in your heart yeah. and you receive it, you know, and you start to live it out. Right. You do. I mean, you do start to live it out. We get into habits of saying things that just alter the direction of our lives ultimately. Yeah. You know, and it's real. It's a real deal. One of the things, um, one of the things that I'm that I'm seeing and seeing a lot of lately is that people do a lot of comparison in our day and age, and so I compare my circumstances to somebody else's, and because somebody else's circumstances appear to be worse than mine, I feel guilty for asking for prayer about whatever it is that I'm facing. You know, I don't want to ask for prayer uh, because I'm sick. Um, but yet, because I don't want to, because there's somebody else out there who's battling cancer and needs your prayers a lot more than than than, than I do because I'm just sick. God's big enough to handle everybody's prayers. Certainly <laughs> is, and in fact, he he tells us to ask him. Yeah, you find it true among, and you'll see this again and again. You'll see caregivers breaking down mm -hmm. because they become such caregivers that they don't think about them. Right, all the time. All the time. I bet everybody watching knows somebody like this. They've sacrificed, they've given, they've done so much. And all of a sudden they break down and there's no care for the other person because the caregiver's down. Sure. You got to take care of yourself. You do. You have got to take care of yourself. Nobody else will do that. Nobody can do that for you. There's some things in self-care that nobody else can do for you. And praying for yourself is one of those things you've got to do. Because you know yourself better than anybody else. You know what's rattling around in sure. here. And you need to pray for that and pray for you. And bless yourself. Absolutely. You don't have to kiss your hands. Uh, you don't? That, that doesn't have to be a part of the, the, <laughs> I had the whole process. from a lady. She was at church Thursday. And then she came back on Sunday because her uh, grandson couldn't bear the thought of not coming to church Sunday. I just oh, wow. love that. When I heard wow. that, it just made my day. And she said... Uh, she said, I will, uh, I'm not going to curse myself. I'm going to bless myself. But she said, I'm not kissing my hands with a <laughs> laughing emoji. And I thought, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that works. It does. It does. But, but we have to, Jabez said, Lord, bless me. It's yeah. a bold prayer. Yeah. But God did it. And it was so important back in 1997 when we started. Uh, the prayer of Jabez was a big book. and. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bruce Wilkinson had preached a sermon that I think that was like his one of his signature sermons that he preached everywhere he went, you know. And then he turned it into a book sometime in the mid '90s, I think okay. it was. And then uh, that was going around, and I just felt like in 1997 we needed to start off with something like that, right? You know, and uh, we did. We prayed that, and God has blessed us so much, you know. There were kind of two parts uh, over the weekend that we talked about, really. Well, there was the ident three, really, the identity thing mm -hmm. that, and his honorable nature, his reputation. Mm -hmm. Then we talked about his name change, obviously, or his, his overcoming his name. But we talked about the, the bless me and then expand my territory. The bless me was kind of for the folks in the room yeah. to just experience something from the Lord this weekend. Yep. That was a big thing to grab a hold of personally. The Expand My Territory was more of a celebration yep. of what we've seen happen over the last 25 years, and it's been incredible to see. He's expanding us beyond our wildest dreams, and that's a cliche, but it's absolutely true. The Expand My Territory, you, uh, uh, you, you shared uh, with us some of, the, some of the victories just in the last 
just in the last week, some of the incredible ways that God has expanded our territory, expanded our influence. Um, and But then you also said earlier on in the message that this was not a nostalgic uh, weekend. I mean, this was not just about looking back. I mean, obviously, sure, there are nostalgic feelings that come up when we get a chance to celebrate you and Alexa and your family for 25 years. But it really is about pointing ahead and looking ahead and looking to the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, as we are expanding our territory as a church, what do you uh, what do you kind of feel like that that might look like for individuals as well? What does that look like for you know people that are watching right now to expand uh, their territory? Well, our community, and I'm, I'm going to speak locally to Henderson County, our community is changing pretty rapidly. A lot of people are moving to our area, so the landscape is changing. The, a lot of housing going up here, a yep. lot of growth in Henderson County. And there are so many people concerned that we'll lose our small town flavor and all that. Right. There's a lot, of, of, a lot going around about that. I think we have an incredible opportunity right here and now to uh, welcome new people into our community and love and serve them. I believe God wants to do something right here in Henderson County by His Spirit that can be a model for communities all over our nation. I really do. I believe in my heart God wants to do something here that can be modeled around the country. And um, one of the things I see happening is that I see the values that we're teaching and not just us but other yeah. churches too this is not just an upward thing right but the let's say the radical generosity i've heard story after story in the last few weeks of people saying somebody paid a bill for somebody at a grocery store right, right. had a young lady come up to me yesterday and she said pastor i was in the grocery store and uh, there was this man who was uh telling everybody about a struggle he was having. I forget what exactly it was. And she said, I remember you told us not to tell people I will pray for you, but pray for him then. Right. And she said uh, she stood there with him in the grocery store and prayed for him. Wow. And she just talked about what a powerful moment it was for her and for him. What a God thing. I think it just means allowing God to take your faith that's so deep within your heart and get it out in your community, mm-hmm. get it out of your life to where it actually touches someone, where you do pray for people. I think a good measure of a, of a good day is how many people were was I able to pray with right. in the moment today? How many right. people could I stop and talk to, acknowledge their need, and say a prayer for them? Uh, how many people could I bless today? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just incredible. I would tell everybody, go to the grocery store, buy somebody's groceries. One of the best things in the world you can do. Well, I don't have money. You will. <laughs> you will. You give. You'll never. You'll never have a lag. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So that's good. Yep. I, I like hope it. So it was good. Anything else you want to throw in there? Oh, no, that sounded good. All right. We've got. You want to do questions? Let's do yet? a question. Okay. Let's do questions. That'll be good. And we welcome you guys' questions. That's right. The, one of the reasons we do this is to answer questions. So. So please submit the questions. You can do so on the live stream as you're watching that. You can do so through our website. Uh, you can click there. You can also do it through an email address, web at ucf.cc. Send the questions there. We'll get yeah. them, and then we'll ask them. <laughs> All right. Here's a question this week from Andy. Shout out to Andy. You know who you are. Not so, that Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's outside of the obvious. Not what did Pastor that. Andy adjust in his message today compared to the first time he delivered it, Ooh. and why? One more time. But basically, like, what's the difference in the prep notes that went into, like, this message <laughs> and the other one? And he the, said, he also said, 
he's only had 9,125 days to reflect on it. So that's how many days you're wondering. I'm going to try to figure out who that is. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, the difference. I do my notes differently these days than I used to. I write out more than I used to. My old ones, I still have a copy, and it's very strictly an outline. 1997, I didn't get into the name as much. Jobez means pain. I did not get into that as much. Um, this message, there was a lot of reflection. Obviously, that message, we were just looking forward into the great unknown that we didn't know what was going to happen. So, uh, But some of the stuff was the same. I also, in the first one, I hit all five things that Jabez prayed. And if there's one thing I've learned in 25 years, and I think the culture's changed in 25 years, is one or two points are much better than six. Great. That's good. Yep. You also preached this one three times. Yeah. Yes, three times. <laughs> Soon to be four. Soon to be four. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you got? No. No, I think that's it. Thanks for jumping in here yeah, today. Yeah, no problem. Anything else you got? Love it. Love you guys. Love the folks. Thanks for watching and being part of it. It's that's a right. joy to lead it. Hey, uh, next week we will be back with, uh, we'll be back jumping back into Peace on Earth. So mm -hmm. if you got questions about that message or about peace in general, uh, make sure you submit them in and we will get to them next week for the conclusion of Peace on Earth. Yep, it will. All right, Look see you then. Great.